Good morning. Good to see you this morning, to be able to spend this time in worship with you, and it certainly has been encouraging for me to be here to worship God with you, and what a good opportunity we have to open up his word and to study from it. Over the past several months now, really this first trimester, we have tried to focus ourselves in on the theme surrounding the idea of the fact that we are soldiers of Christ, that we are engaged in battle. As a Christian, I I am engaged in battle against Satan. He is trying everything that he can to pull me away from my relationship with God. He will entice, he will deceive, he will tempt, he will lie, he will do whatever it takes to get me to step away from God. And God knows that. And God equips us to ready us for that fight. And so really over the past several months, we've had various lessons from time to time talking about that reality, to make sure it is something that is on our mind, that it is something on the front of our mind so that we can be ready for that. Now, John and I both have alluded multiple times over this passage in Ephesians chapter 6. It it certainly is one of the base passages for the ideas that we've talked about over the past several months. But we haven't spent a lot of time in Ephesians chapter 6. We haven't worked our way through the armor of God and talked about how it is that God equips us in the way that he does. And so today, we're going to change that. And this morning, we're going to spend some time in Ephesians chapter 6, specifically verses 13 and 14. And then hopefully you can be back with us this afternoon. John will take the rest of the passage from 15 through 17 and talk about the other pieces of the armor, the things in which God equips us in the battle that we are fighting. So hopefully you got a Bible handy. Hopefully it has opened up to Ephesians chapter 6. That's where we're going to begin specifically at the outset of this context in verse 13, where the Apostle Paul says this, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So I want us to begin with this concept that really becomes key to a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today. All of the pieces that we talk about, the armor, what we'll talk about this morning, what John will help us to see this afternoon, is that each and every one of these things that God gives us, I have to take all of that. In order to be equipped in the way that God wants us to be equipped, I have to take the whole armor. And it is a thing that he will make the point specifically. Now, why do we do that? Uh, It is not a difficult concept, and so we're not going to make it one. It really is a very simple idea that we have when we think about this point of taking the whole thing. Well, what if I don't wear the helmet? Or I don't wear the breastplate? Or I don't wear the girdle that we'll talk about. Or if I don't prepare my feet properly. Well, we've already talked about it. Even in our series of lessons over the theme, we've talked about Satan 
and how crafty he is and how deceptive he is and the fact that he doesn't play fair in any capacity. And so it is a very simple concept, mainly because the analogy that's given to us here is so good that if I go into battle and every bit of my body is covered up in battle except for my chest, I've got a helmet on. I've got my legs covered, I've got my arms covered, but my chest is not covered. When I go into battle, chances are high that my opponent then is not going to say, well, I see the head covered and the legs and the arms, they're covered up. His chest isn't covered. He probably you know, meant to do that. I'm going to continue to go at his arms and his legs and his head because he probably, he probably just missed that chest part. He's not going to do that. Where are the archers going to be aiming? Where is the swordsman going to be thrusting? Where we have left unguarded. And so the point is made, when we are equipping ourselves, we have to do it with the whole armor. There's one page back in your Bible, at least it is for me. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul will make really the same point. He does it in a very different kind of way, but I think it's helpful for us in Ephesians chapter 4, just one page back, beginning of verse 26, he's talking about anger, and he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And so he, he said, well, why, why? Why is that? Look at the very next verse. Nor give place to the devil. He, what he's saying is, he don't even leave the devil, a a crevice of an opening to wedge himself in. Don't give place to the devil. That's what we do when we think about this analogy in Ephesians chapter 6. If I'm not willing to equip myself with the entirety of the armor, I'm giving place to the devil. I'm showcasing to him. I'm screaming really even to him. Here is where I'm vulnerable. Here is where you can get me. Here is what the part of my life that is unprotected. This is the way that you should come at me. And we can guarantee ourselves it is the way he will come after us. If I leave a piece of this armor off, that will be the place that the devil will come at us. And so God knows that. And so he wants to admonish us to then put on the whole armor. I found it interesting when I was preparing for this lesson that this analogy of armor, we, we often and only, because it's so drawn out, think about this passage in Ephesians chapter 6. And rightly so. It's a phenomenal passage that talks about it. But as you begin to work your way through this idea... You may be surprised to, to find it really is throughout the New Testament. Because this analogy is so good, I'm going to give you a couple examples of that. In Romans chapter 13, in Romans chapter 13 and verse 12, this same picture is really given to us. He says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. He says, therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Same picture. It certainly isn't as drawn out as what Paul does in Ephesians chapter 6, but it is the exact same thing. You cast off the things of darkness and you 
put on, you put on the armor of light. Paul will do again something similar to this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. But let us who are of the day, listen, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Again, this analogy is given to us of of armor. Why? Well, I'm going to say it again, and it's been said multiple times the first part of this year. We as Christians are at war. We are at war. Satan is trying to destroy us, not bother us, not jostle us, not cause us some issues. He is trying to destroy us. And so the question comes, do I want to be spiritually destroyed? I hope every one of us that are here this morning will answer that with a resounding no. I don't want to be spiritually destroyed. And guess what? God doesn't want us to be spiritually destroyed. How do I know that? He has provided us this armor. That's how I know. Other passages that we could go to that we've talked about really over the past several weeks, like 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, where we get the idea that what it is that makes this armor so unique is where it comes from. It comes from God. And we've got to take it all. You know, there's interesting, you're going off of a dentist, nobody knew this was going to be a Greek lesson uh, today in worship. But I don't use the Greek very often, but this was one interesting thing that I, I ran across. This word, whole armor, it is one Greek word, and it's whatever that is, panoplian maybe. That's a very English way to say that. But what is interesting is that word is given to us, but we have transliterated that word. We have a transliteration of that word. That We have an English word that it sounds in a lot the same way, and it's panoply. Now, not a word we use very often. It means a complete collection of, and it's not a very common word. But there is an interesting place that, certainly for our use this morning, it does pop up. And we have sang this song multiple times over the past several weeks. And the song, Soldiers of Christ Arise, number 647 in your book, I think, verse 3, listen to it. Stand then in his great might with all his strength endued. But take to arm you for the fight, the panoply of God. Maybe you were thinking, well, what was that? What really was all that about? Well, this is what it's about. What's preparing us for the fight? Taking the all of God, all that he has to offer. Now, why why is that so important? Well, it, it becomes really important so that we can withstand in the evil day. What is that? Well, think about it in this way. The evil day, a a time of temptation, a time of trouble, 
a time of peril here on this earth as we walk and journey through it? When is that not the case? Where do we go that there isn't a time of temptation or a time of trouble or a time of peril? Where? Where in this world does that, where does that place exist? It's It's everywhere. And so the point that's being made while we are here, we must armor ourselves to withstand. I'll tell you a lot of times when I'm studying for a lesson, there'll be a, you know, something that'll kind of hit you in a little bit different way or something that you'll see, maybe that you haven't seen before. And the very end of this verse for me this week was that. I always thought the very end of this verse in a lot of ways was maybe a reiteration in some way. I think maybe in my mind I read it wrong a lot. The words I read all, but I added punctuation at times that wasn't there. And I convinced myself that maybe this was a reiteration, and certainly it is a piece of that. But I used to think, well, that just doesn't even sound good English. You like that? Nobody got that? I mean, nobody? I mean, that doesn't even sound good English. And I got, uh, all right. But I even put that one in my notes, and I thought, this is going to be one, but no. But I didn't think this was right. Having done all to stand, be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I thought about that a lot this week. And I think what's being talked about right here is that if we are so armed with what God has equipped us and gave to us, if we are so armed with the whole armor, I have then done all to stand. And what that really did for me this week is it paints the picture that if I go through life and I'm not willing to equip myself with the all, I haven't done all to stand. I haven't. Maybe I've done some or I've done very little, but I haven't done all to stand. And if I haven't done all to stand, I'm going to be knocked over. That's the reality. And I'll tell you one other thing. If I haven't done all to stand, and that is equipping me, myself, with the whole of God's armor, if I haven't done all to stand, I am an utter fool. Because something that God has handed me with his power, I have declined I got this I don't need that shield I don't need that helmet I don't need that breastplate I don't need all and we start to verbalize it that way doesn't that sound foolish doesn't that sound foolish no question it is we talked about in our bible class this morning in the high school class we're doing the book of revelation in Revelation chapter 12, I'm not going to reteach that chapter, but in Revelation chapter 5, there is an incredible symbol given of almost in a lot of ways the entirety of the book of Revelation. The fact that, you know, as God's people, there's going to be difficulty, that Satan is coming after God's people. 
and is going to come after you with a vengeance. But yet God and being with him and being in a place prepared by him, that is where the safety is. And so the picture is given there of a a woman who is representative of God's people who is being attacked by the dragon, which symbolizes Satan. And God prepares for her a wilderness, right? A wilderness to be safe in and gives her wings to get there quickly. And even while she is in the wilderness, it says the dragon will spew a river of fire to get at her. But God will open up the earth and swallow in that river. And while she is in the wilderness, she is untouchable. It is a place prepared by God. Satan wants to get in there bad, but he cannot. But what we talked about in class this morning, he can get us only one way. Only one way is when I make the decision to step away from the wilderness. If I step away from the wilderness, this place of protection that God has prepared, He can snatch me up then. That's what I'm doing with the armor. If I'm not willing to put on all of God's armor, I will be snatched away. If I leave even a smallest of peace of my soul open to him, he will aim at that smallest of peace and take us away. And so before each and every one of these pieces are given to us, the point is made, we must do all to stand. And that means putting on the all, the whole of God's armor. And so now beginning of verse 14, you start to get these bits and pieces given to us. And I'm going to stick with this analogy and hopefully make a couple of quick points that will be helpful for you in thinking about what we'll talk about these first two And then John will finish this context for us this afternoon. But in Ephesians chapter 6, here in verse 14, we have kind of the beginning of this. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, let's start with the idea specifically of girding our waist with truth. We think about that. We think about the Roman armor that they would certainly be thinking a lot about. You think about the girdle and the reality of the thing that holds all of the armor together. It holds everything together. It provides, here's a word that I like, soundness to the armor. It provides readiness even. Soundness and readiness, think about. Hold your finger there in in Ephesians chapter 6. Go back to the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 12, there's an interesting story that unfolds that I think helps us to see this and and maybe understand it a little clearer, what's being talked about. Similar wording, again, that's being used, so look for that. Look beginning in verse 35 and listen to Jesus and the way he uses this word. He says, let your waste be girded, and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master 
when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. You see, this idea... The same kind of language even that she uses, evidence then of our readiness, is evidence of our willingness, is evidence of our eagerness to do what? Get into the battle. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm girded with the truth. I am sound. I am prepared. I am willing. I am eager to get into the battle because I am ready. I am put together. I am girded. But what am I girded with? I am girded with the truth. Revealed spiritual reality, if you will. Now what is it? It's powerful. What is it? It is impenetrable. It is scripture that we have in front of us. And it must be every part of who I am. I want you to think of a couple of passages that I really like the phrasing of. One in the book of Psalms and the other in the book of 1 Peter. But I want you to think about, again, this idea. Where are we girded? We are, our waist, our waist is girded with truth. Across the center, even, of my being. The very center, the very core of my being is truth. Psalm 51, a really interesting passage here. Psalm 51 and verse 6. Behold, you desire, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. You desire the truth in the inward parts. The very core of who you are is truth. Peter will say it a little bit differently in 1 Peter chapter 1. Again, a, another passage, and certainly the phraseology of it, I like a lot. Again, look for the word that we're being talked about. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is this truth, the importance of it, that we have to take it and we have to apply it. Now again, there is a reality that's given to us here. And listen, first, did you notice this is the first piece that's being talked about? The first one. Gird up your waist with truth. That it is the very core of what you are and what you're all about. I mean, we see Jesus, his own example, when he is on the battlefield with Satan, specifically when he is tempted in the wilderness. What does he battle with? What was he ready with? Truth. It is the only thing that will work for us. It has to be a part of us. It has to be a part of our core even. 
That is the level with which we must ready ourselves. Secondly, we go back to this idea of the breastplate of righteousness. Again, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that thing that protects the heart. It's that thing that protects us. It is moral uprightness. It is holiness, goodness, character, all of those things. There are two passages that I have up here on the screen that we're going to read together because I want you, as we read them, and the reason I've used them up here, is I want you to be looking for the phrase that's used on how we are to use righteousness, what we are to do with it. That's why I like these two passages. We're going to read them Back to, back to back. Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Keep that phrase in mind. And look over to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, the same phrase is used a couple of times, pretty close together, so I'll put both of them up here. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. And then he'll kind of hit that phrase again in chapter 3 and verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. And so what I love, the two phrases, instruments of righteousness, practicing righteousness, and hopefully the point is made. The righteousness is about the life that we live, the decisions that we make. What's it based off of? What the core of me is. The core should be truth. And then I am practicing. I am an instrument of righteousness. What I love in sticking with this analogy in Ephesians chapter 6, it it is something that I put on. You ever notice how often that analogy or that idea is used in the New Testament? putting off something, putting on something, even putting on clothes, wrapping ourselves in something. Here in Ephesians chapter 6, putting on the various forms of armor. It is kind of an idea that's used in lots of different places in really several different ways. And when we think about it right here, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the full picture is, is someone who is wrapping himself fully in righteousness. Wrapping myself in integrity, wrapping myself in godliness. And so as we close this morning to kind of pull these two things together, full circle if you will, if I'm stepping out into battle with Satan and I have not girded my waist with truth, My time, my effort is not spent towards God's word. It's not a high interest of mine. It's not something I'm all that interested in reading or or studying or being a part of what I am and who I am. If that is the case, you will be destroyed by Satan. If you go into this battle 
and you leave behind righteousness, moral integrity, godliness, holiness, if you don't wrap yourself in that, if you don't cover your heart with that, you will be destroyed by Satan. But for us, if that happens to be the case, it will be devastating. And it will be sad. And it isn't what God wants, but it will be what we deserve. Because what God has handed to us, we have then said, no, thank you. And how foolish that would be. It is a powerful picture that Paul gives to us here in Ephesians chapter 6. Each piece of the armor is integral to being in the battle. And the point that is made, leaving even a small piece of it behind, will lead us to being destroyed by the devil because that will be the place he'll go. But we can go into battle with the confidence if I have placed all of the armor on that I have, as we saw in chapter 6 and verse 13, done all to stand. And no matter or how this devil comes at me and what he comes at me with, it will not make a difference. Just like we talked about in Revelation chapter 12, the wilderness of safety. We can be safe on the battleground if we equip ourselves with the power that God has given us and the armor that he has provided. It's a powerful picture. It's one that I'm looking forward uh, to getting into. Hopefully, John is ready to go. If not, he has to go in this direction now. If sometime this week he saw, I'm just going to do something different, I kind of backed him into a corner a little bit. No, I know he's ready to go. I'm looking forward to finishing this study, in this context that we've alluded to a lot, but really becomes an integral part of what our theme is this trimester, being soldiers of Christ. Well, Kevin is going to lead us in a song of invitation. It gives us an opportunity to be thinking about that relationship. Now, we've made the point already. God doesn't want us to be destroyed. He doesn't want us to spend eternity in hell. He doesn't want that. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to be in eternity with him. Now, we know that in lots of different ways. One that we talked about today. He has equipped us to be safe. But in an even bigger way, we know that because of the sacrifice that was made. Because sin is what destroys us ultimately. It's what separates us from him. And because of the sacrifice that he made by sending his son, that sin can be washed away in the waters of baptism. Coming in contact with the blood that was spilt on the cross as Jesus put himself there for you and for me. And as we sing this song of invitation, it gives us an opportunity to be thinking about all of those things. And maybe your relationship with God is just simply not what it needs to be. Well, the admonishment here is that we make the change that needs to be made. Maybe we can help with that in some way. If we can, you let us know as we stand and sing.